Tonight we are going to chat about a big talking point which was in the news this week and that is the continuous attacks on emergency service workers. There has been more than 30 attacks on emergency medical service personnel in the Western Cape alone this year, with the latest one proving fatal to a patient. An injured 8-year-old boy died on Wednesday afternoon after an attack on the ambulance transporting him. Emergency medical services personnel assisted the child who sustained serious head injuries when he was involved in a motor vehicle accident and rushed him to Red Cross War Memorial Children's Hospital. They were traveling on the N2 near the Borchard Squaddy when the ambulance was attacked. In recent years, attacks on EMS service staff have escalated. In some high-risk areas, police have to escort ambulances, but it seems there is no end to these attacks in sight. Now this evening, inshallah, we're going to be chatting around that. We welcome your questions and comment via the SMS line, and that is 47913. Alternatively, via WhatsApp on the number 072238 Now to shed a bit light on this, we are joined in studio by Mr. Jacob Van Zyl, who is the Acting District Manager for the Southern Division, which covers areas such as Mitchell's Plain, Strandfontein, etc. Mr. Van Zyl, Assalamualaikum and a very good evening to you. Walaikum salam, good evening. Okay, I was very impressed when I met him downstairs, so that's why I said good evening and assalamu alaikum, and we really do appreciate your response. Then we also joined in the studio by some of the paramedics. One is Abdul Martin. Uh, Abdul, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum And then also we have Mr. Sean Moses. A very good evening to you, sir. Good evening to you. Okay, gentlemen, thanks for joining us in studio. Let's very quickly start with uh, Mr. Fanzail. Um, I would have wanted to ask you know, how long you've been in this particular environment. Quite long. Okay. And uh, how do you find the challenges you know, as a district manager for the Southern Division for uh, the uh, emergency medical services? As a, as a business, managing a business of emergency medical services, supplying ambulances to all patients injured, sick, and taking them to hospitals, we are unable currently to meet our national standard, which is a priority one response time under 15 minutes. The international standard is eight minutes. Okay. So we are challenged in terms of the resistant red zones, uh, the violence, violent attacks against ambulance staff, and also the high burden of disease within the area that we serve of ma the majority of the Cape Flat. Mm -hmm. Personeel, 
een situatie waar daar een potentieel is uh, dat iemand een geval kan worden. En vooral net voor ons verbreek gaan, vooral als een mens nog kijkt naar hoeveel van ons kinders vandaag matriculante bijvoorbeeld, of die wat nog verder gaan studeer, beoog eindelijk om al self te sê, hulle wil hierdie praktijk toetree. Dit is natuurlijk een uitdaging om jongkinders te oorreed, om ons hierdie situasie waar studenten op die ambulance nou die gevaar ervaar, en dan besluit om op te pak, en nie meer aan te gaan met hulle studies. Well on that, let's go for a quick ad break and when we come back we'll continue with the program called The Burning Issue here on The Voice of the Cape. The Burning Issue with Ridwan Ahmed. Welcome back to The Burning Issue here on The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland. Let's very quickly say huge shukran there to our sound technical engineer, that is none other than Faiz. Well, if you have just joined us, we are chatting about emergency medical services and the recent spate of attacks. And uh, we are joined in studio by the acting district manager for the Southern Division, and that is Mr. Jacob van Zeil. Then we are also joined in studio by two paramedics, and that is Mr. Abdul Martin as well as Sean Moses. Let's start with Abdul very quickly once again, just uh, shukran for your time. Maybe just share with our listeners initially, what made you interested in, you know, becoming a paramedic? Once again, Salaam um, I basically started in the service very young. Mm-hmm. As Mr. Fazel can say, he was a playing snot cop right with Ron Khalubat at the base. Um, started basically at the age of 16, uh-huh. volunteering, doing events and so on. That made me actually more interested in the service. And, um, the transition from what we've been through from I started out here as a volunteer or even becoming permanent in the service to what it has gone down to for the past three years is quite saddening mm-hmm. because um, three years before, three years ago, um, my colleague can say that we were very happy, we were safe. Mm-hmm. We, um, you know, used to uh, go on to scenes without worrying about our own safety, whether it is in Philippi, Brown's Farm, wherever. You know, the people of the community used to take care of the ambulances I while we were busy treating. Yes, Ma, I was just thinking now, I mean, you know, you guys have these uniforms, and I think there was certain decorum and respect, you know, I mean, I remember as a youngster, uh, when the ambulance comes, we would all run, but it would really be to almost kind of assist and say, can I get you know, those kind of things. So, uh, there was an upliftment of the community, and what, if I get you what you're saying now, it's certainly just taken... Uh, uh, 180 degrees. I, I promise you, it was exact. It is exactly like that. You know, even uh, um, you know, like I said, three years back, we should have even these squalichis on the corner. Mm. They used to come assist with Uncle Komiran, Uncle Yapi, yeah. and ambulance it and so on. But um, I think it's more the fact that um, we've gone to an era where things are just. I don't know. You know, it's um, it's not something that we should that we can really yeah, be no, proud I th- of. I think maybe a word would be to say, you know, it's in my view, it's really sad, the state it's of affairs. It's actually sickening, sickening, because um, we are, like, a couple of weeks back, the ambulance rocked up at a house, busy treating a patient with the police escort, and these guys were actually targeting the police in order to get there. So, even going with the police escort at times is not safe, because um, I think they s- see the ambulance guys as... Uh, how can I say taking a sweet from a, or taking candy mm. from a baby? Yeah. You understand? 
because they're aware of the fact that ambulance guys, we are not armed. We are, you know, there is no other way that we can defend ourselves. So they see us as easy targets, you know. And um, the fact that there is a pandemic of drugs and so on that, that is going around, and these guys need a fix. A majority of the times it is that very person's mother that is robbing the ambulance, that very person's mother that we're treating. So, yeah, it's... Nah, really sad. Well, it's sad, or as you want to put it, you know, it's really sickening at the end of the Well, we wanting you, the listener, to comment our SMS line 47913, alternatively via WhatsApp on the number 0722380712. Sean, let's hear from you very, very quickly. You've heard what, you know, uh, Abdul said and um, Mr. Van Zyl. Uh, what do you want to contribute to this conversation? Well, um, Years ago when I started in the service, that's about nine years ago, I was happy in the service. Mm -hmm. I'm still happy in what I do because I love what I do. No, for sure. Okay. Um, anybody that's going to come into this position that I am, they need to love the job. So, I mean, I have been robbed already on a vehicle, on a night shift. Yes, mm -hmm. a vehicle has, they've broken into the vehicle. Um, I've already stood outside the house where they shot a couple of guys, which I have seen. So, I mean, it's more traumatic stuff that we go through every day, but um, for me, personally, I just try and keep it outside. I try and lock it all out and then just carry on with the But job. it must be difficult. I mean, you know, you are the people that we as citizens of South Africa, particularly in the Western Cape, we rely on you to ensure the safety of our injured. And, and yet we're placing you in a situation where you now have to be very careful and fear for your own lives, in fact, when you're trying to save someone else's life. Yes, we've always got to look around every corner. That is what we've got to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've, Mr. Martin and myself, we've already aided many of our other crew members within our area when they call into a situation that they can't handle, then we always go in. We're always the first there to assist others, mm -hmm. so we are always there first. No, man, that's like... Jacob Van Zyl, from your side, you know, I mean, what do you see, you know, possibly as a, a way forward, or how should this matter be addressed? Firstly, the communities need to take ownership of their own residential areas. Mm -hmm. We cannot rely on the South African police services to escort ambulances into the areas. We also have businesses challenged, the people delivering bread to their house shops, other businesses, they are also challenged, they are also being robbed and attacked. We have ladies that are working in single vehicles doing the social services, they are also subject to attacks. So I feel that the community should take ownership and we encourage the residents of the areas to join forums such as the CPFs, community police forums and neighborhood watches. We also, as the department of uh, first aid, emergency first aid, responded training to them to assist them and we also train other members of the community. Mm -hmm. Even people that's labeled as gangsters, we train them and we will be having some training in this coming week in Hanover Park because we feel that when we empower the community even with first aid, is that they can make a difference. And by making a difference is that a perception towards an individual can change. Mm. Because we do not label, we are providing a service non-judgmental, we deliver a service to anyone, and whether it's a prisoner, whether it's a police person, whether it's a member of the community, we do not label our patients. 
Just my attention very quickly to the SMS and WhatsApp line. There's a message here from 6945. It says, This leaves one speechless. But then again, can we really expect any better in a society like this? Well, uh, excellent question from one of our uh, listeners there. And again, once again, if you have any questions or comments around this particular issue, and we're looking at the emergency uh, medical service personnel uh, who now under these very challenging circumstances still have to go out there every day and even uh, you know late at night to help us as a community and yet their lives are now uh, put in danger. Now as we said we have we are joined in some paramedics and that is Mr. Sean Moses and Mr. Abdul Martin as well as the acting district manager and that is Mr. Jacob Van Zyl. Now we're looking at possibilities of you know not possibilities but what can we as a community do? And I think what Jacob is saying is that the community needs to take ownership you know, of the situation, uh, get involved with your local uh, community police forums, for example, as well as your neighborhood watches. Now, let's hear from Abdul. Anything else that you want to add? Radwan, yes, like Mr. Fanzel said, you know, it's very good that we, we, we our community should get involved. And uh, ourselves have been involved with um, communities, especially in the areas that is deemed as red zones. Alhamdulillah, so far we've uh, done the EFAR training, which stands for Emergency First Aid uh, Responder Training. Mm -hmm. with, uh, with the thought behind that we're going to change the mindset of people. You know, if we empower someone like Mr. Fanzel, say maybe the perception towards others would change. Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah, we've trained about approximately 200, more than 200 people. Okay. Can I ask you in which areas you've done this training? I know we you mentioned Hanover Park is yes, one of it. Um, the upcoming week, inshallah, is Hanover Park. And then we've trained people in Steinberg, in Mitchell's Plain, at the police station. We've trained people in Nyanga. We've trained people in various areas that, you know, that is... That is red zones, or that come from the areas that we basically uh, provide our services to. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of this is not only to change the perception of people, but in order for them to engage them into or give them an insight on what we as paramedics are actually doing on the road. You know, majority of the times we are escorted by police, so we wait at times long hours at the police station in order to be taken to these specific uh, households. Mm. And if there is a person in the area, and this is the perception of all of us, if there is a person in the area, in the road, maybe in the house, that can sort the patient out until such time we get there, then this is, you know, a step forward for us. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, that is certainly something, you know, that uh, should be applauded and should be encouraged, really, uh, within our communities. Uh, just another SMS here saying, shocking and disgusting. Another one from 5355. He says, The job that the paramedics do is extremely stressful. It was very sad to hear on the news about the child that died when the ambulance got robbed. I hope and pray that this government will do something to protect the paramedic personnel. Well, once again, a very big shukran there, and certainly a sentiment which is supported. Uh, let's hear from Sean. Uh, now the, you get the police escorts. I hear what Abdullah is saying. Let's empower the community. You have to wait for the police. Uh, that's a bit of time. So by the time you get there, you know, you, it would be comforting to know or reassuring that someone either in the road or nearby would have been able to assist. Uh, that particular person, but that still doesn't mean you know that you guys still don't have to get out there and be escorted by the police. How does that feel when before you never used to have that? Well, how does it feel? It <laughs> it's actually disappointing because we've got to sit for two hours, three hours at a police station waiting for an escort. 
I mean, which is not right on us, which means the person's life is getting either from worse and it's even more worse than what it was. The situation when we get to the person might even be um, out of hand when we come and then we get verbally abused by the people. Although there is people in the house that do know first aid, but we still get verbally abused. Why do you only come now? Mm. What is taking you so long? All these things that we've got to go through on a daily basis. So not just at night, it's at day also. Mm -hmm. and, and then people don't understand that we've got to go via, via, via to get to where they are eventually. Okay, uh, Jacob, uh, we've touched on some of the, you know, interventions in terms of the way forward, but what other interventions are currently being maybe either discussed or on the cards, or on the table, or being in, put in place to really look at the safety of our uh, paramedics and our EMS in, in, in totality? The issue of safety is not an issue of safety of attacks on ambulances. We condemn all instances of violence, which includes obviously also the attacks, murders of ch small children, the violence against women, elderly people, the attacks on the farms. So we cannot divorce um, one specific aspect of violence and, and not look at the whole picture of violence. The um, authorities, the Western Cape government at present are busy with um, some planning. We have the MSC, Mr. Plato, then Mr. Plato indicated that ambulances will be escorted by armed guards and then he overturned that and said no, it's going to be too costly. So we would prefer that uh, we get more support from the community and also that also other EMS staff must also get more involved within the communities. After all, we are dependent on the communities. Our clients, our patients are within the communities. And we ourselves are from the communities. Mm. We are not from other planets. We are li living within the same communities we serve. Okay. Uh, just a message from 6353. Six, six, it says... Uh, the gangsters have no respect for EMS, the police officers. The death penalty must be reinstated in order to bring back respect. Another one from 6945 says, They target the people who assist most, but who's assisting them when they are attacked or injured? And I think that is what we're asking uh, the question this evening. Another SMS from 5289 says, I've even noticed in traffic it appeared motorists are not even as eager as they used to, to give away for the emergency vehicles. Yes, I remember, you know, if we hear the ambulance behind, we always like kind of move to the side. And one of our listeners is saying they don't even do that anymore. Abdul, you want to comment? Hey, Sheikh, <laughs> difficult thing. Sometimes you're stuck in traffic for a long period of times because people in front don't want to move. Uh. I don't know if they think that we're maybe going to buy Gatsby or something. <laughs> well, I'm glad they, that you yeah. still have some humor. You know, yeah. I think it's good to have humor. They, for, they forget that. At the time we're responding that it could be their family member that you're mm. tending to. A lot of these people don't realize that. You know, they're not only putting their lives at risk or the family member that we need to assist at risk, they're putting our lives at risk if they're not abiding by the laws of the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to comment on the one, uh, the, the one SMS there, um, asking that who's helping them that is robbing the ambulances. I promise you that I've treated, on three occasions, I've treated a gangster, uh, members of gangs in the ambulance after they've already either robbed myself or a family member of mine. And I promise you, none of the EMS staff has got any, there's no, um, you know, 
Alla maki fas inflation. Fas inflation, ja. Yeah. Like treat them as patients should be treated. Yeah. And that is said. Yeah, no, you know, one, uh, I can remember one incident with a guy after he got out of the ambulance, he commented to his buddy that got with him in the ambulance, was not the yeah, you know, so so I mean, yeah, it's really a dire situation. Yeah. Well, another SMS here from five three double five says, "When I was a child, all people from both sides of the fence respected the paramedics, and the roads were cleared very fast. When you hear the sirens, well, that's also true." And then another one says, "Like they have nothing of nothing." Well, and once again, a very big shukran to our listeners. Le we unfortunately running out of time very, very quickly. Let's get, get a quick comment, uh, you know, concluding remark, really. And I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Sean Moses. Anything in conclusion, motivation that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, um, we are basically serving the poorest of the poorest co of the community out there. I mean, we don't discriminate against anybody. So we, what we would like is, is the assistance from the community to assist us in helping them. Okay, uh, let me just uh, confirm with Faiz, um, we're going to go for a quick break, and then when we come back, no? Are we going to go for a quick break? Yeah, we're going to go for a quick break, and when we come back, we continue uh, with The Burning Issue. The Burning Issue with Ridwan Ahmed. Welcome back to The Burning Issue here on The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland. And if you have just joined us on The Burning Issue, we keep the pulse on issues relevant to our community. And the big talking point this evening is the continuous attacks on emergency services workers. As we said, we are joined in studio by the Acting District Manager for the Southern Division, and that is Mr. Jacob Van Zyl. And we also have two paramedics with us in studio, and that is Sean Moses and Abdul Martin, sharing really around around their uh, daily uh, experiences, you know, within our community. Now, before I go, I've got a guest online, but I just want my attention very quickly to the SMS line. There's a message here from 4639. It says, Assalamu alaikum to all on the panel. This is really sad and yet so sickening to think our emergency medical service staff are not safe escorting our patients. Said that an innocent child had lost his life because of sick people out there. Our EMS staff do excellent work. Our lives depend on them first, as they are the first ones to be on the scene. It is a shame that our government cannot do more to protect EMS staff. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide and protect you as you are on the roads, inshallah, ameen. Once very, again, a very big shukran to our listeners for their participation and their comments in support of our EMS staff. Now, continuing our discussion, we are joined online by Mayoral Committee member for safety and security, and that is Alderman J.P. Smith. Alderman J.P. Smith, a very good evening to you. Evening. Uh, thanks for taking out from uh, your time this evening. I know it's unfortunate that we could not get the minister uh, due to other uh, commitments. Uh, but maybe just uh, your comments uh, around the issue of the safety of our emergency medical services. I think your previous call has summarized it, or your SMS summarized it perfectly. There isn't much more for me to say. Um, other than I have great empathy with him. My father was a paramedic or ambulance man for many years and I mean he used to come home with, with stories similar to that although I mean 10 years or 20 years ago those incidents were not nearly as frequent or as, as, as continuous and as aggressive as they are now. So I have great sympathy for the guys and when province reached out to us and said look 
is there some way in which between us and the city we can find to help make the paramedics safer whilst they're working? Uh, we put our thinking caps on and we've come up with a, a few interventions and I'm not suggesting any of them you know, is, a, is an answer for the whole problem because for that you will need the resources of national government and for the SAPS to come on board in a much bigger way. But with what limited resources the city can bring to bear, We've looked at the ability to maximize the use of our CCTV cameras to monitor the areas where they work, as they work. The possibility of including the panic button that they have as a trigger on our EPIC system so that all of the city resources uh, will trigger and respond to, um, to the incidents uh, of panic alarm that they, that they have. And thirdly, the safe zones um, to make sure that within the areas where attacks are common, the so-called red zones, that we create 10 spaces where patients can be collected, where the community, community can take a patient there, and we will have 24-7 law enforcement present at the facility. These are all school sites um, in the communities where the attacks are problematic, and there will be a, a group of law enforcement officials at all times, either for the ambulance drivers to pick up and take with to collect the patient, um, to secure them while they're working, or um, for the community if they're, ab if they're able to drop the passengers so the ambulance can meet them there, so that you don't have the long wait which normally accompanies the process of waiting for SAMS to escort an ambulance um, into certain communities where the uh, ambulance staff are, are nervous to go. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for your comment. We are also joined online by Rafik Foflonker, uh, the Mitchell's Plain Community Police Board and Chairperson for the Lansdowne Community Police Forum. Uh, Rafik, assalamu alaikum. Yes, wa alaikum salam. Thank you for having me and uh, evening and salam to your guests. Yeah, shukran. Maybe welcome Rafik... And to Mr. Okay, we, we just have a few minutes or so because we have to break for the Wakta Visha. But from your side, very quickly, Rafik, what role can the CPFs play in giving support to EMS workers? Look, it's a, it's, a, it's a very important role that uh, CPF will play in conjunction with the neighbor watches. You know, Mr. Fantel is a, is a, is a pioneer here. He's, he's actually delivered a, a pilot program to us in the Magistrate Cluster, uh, you know, where uh, the CPF and the neighbor watches can play a supporting role, uh, you know, as the ambulances enter some of these red zones. And, uh, you know, there is technically, uh, you know, safety in numbers, uh, though that's not always true. But uh, as the old man has pointed out, you know, we need more of the SAPS members to come on board. We need the escorting of ambulances to be more of a priority. So I think uh, Mr. Pantel delivered this program. CPF uh, in the Mitchell Plain Cluster is on board. And we are going to try to, uh, you know, conscientize and to train up some of the, the people on the ground uh, to be first responders to the emergency responders, you know, as they enter the areas to give them some support and some cover. My attention very quickly to the WhatsApp line. There's a message here that says, Guys, we honorably salute you and keep you humbly in our prayers. God bless. Another message here comes through from 2214. It says, We must not forget there are people who promised to make this province ungovernable. Well, once again, a very big shukran and thank you to our listeners for their participation to the program this evening. Now we are joined online at the moment by Mayoral Committee Member for Safety and Security, and that is Alderman J.P. Smith, um, and as well as Mitchell's Plain Community Police Board and Chairperson for the Lansdowne Community Police Forum, and that is Rafik Vlonker. Just before I continue, another SMS which came through says, what about CCTV cameras on board the ambulances that should be alive feed 
that should be able to tell the police when and where the ambulances are attacked. Now, Bully, I see you shaking your head. Just a quick comment. Yeah, just uh, when it comes to live CCTV, um, especially in patient cabs, you know, we need to also look at the patient confidentiality clause. So mm -hmm. having live footage at the back in an ambulance, uh, you know, at times we have patients exposed, so... Yeah, okay. the patient, maybe the driver cab, yes. No, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Elderman J.P. Smith, we still have you on the line. Mr. Quick, uh, concluding comment and remark from your side, sir. Uh, I think Mr. Foflonker uh, touches on a point that I, I didn't want to expand on. Um, but certainly what is admirable is that many of the neighborhood watches have come forward. And, you know, we now have this dispatching operation at the Goodwood Transport Management Center, our NERVA, nerve center, with all of our other services, traffic, law enforcement, metro police, <clears throat> we've got call takers who are specifically dealing with the neighborhood watches and the, um, the different uh, groups, the, the Telegram and WhatsApp groups that they run. And we are looking at um, asking the neighborhood watches to respond to the uh, requests from the ambulances, ambulances entering an area, getting the neighborhood watches to uh, consolidate or move to the space where the ambulance has to do the pickup if we can't get another policing resource. So it really is just about mixing and matching every possible resource to try and keep our ambulance workers safe so they can keep the public safe. Okay, Mr. Alderman J.P. Smith, thanks very much for your time. Uh, and uh, as we take leave of you and say uh, once again, a very big thank you to you. Uh, everything of uh, the best there uh, with your challenges uh, that you're obviously dealing with on a daily basis. Much appreciated, sir. Sure. Uh, my attention very quickly to another SMS here that comes through says, So, what does the bystanders in the community do while paramedics are being robbed? Have our society accepted this disgusting behavior as the norm? We want everyone to help. What is the people in the area witnessing this doing? It is sad our community is the majority. We've become imprisoned by a minority. We are waiting on government, yet we are the government. The worst is that there's just never resources. Uh, let's get a quick comment from uh, Mr. Fovlonker. Um, they've got a minute or so to, to comment on that SMS for me, Rafik. Yes, sir. Listen, I, I think that uh, we need to look at ourselves first and foremost. You know, more policing and more policing and more policing is not going to solve the problem. Our community needs to stand up and they need to take ownership of the problem. When you attend to a traffic scene or an accident scene or a scene where somebody's injured, there are people that sometimes come to rob the victims. Yet we have so many community members who by far outnumber the scholars that come to the scene. Yet these bystanders, instead of linking hands and forming a perimeter around the victim or the victim's property like vehicle, they stand by idly and watch how these folks get robbed blind. You know, and, and so the community, you know, needs to stand up and needs to come and support the paramedics and the police services on the scene. You know, there's safety in numbers, but yet they stand around and they do nothing while these poor people get robbed. And these are people that do a lot for the community and they go over and above, uh, you know, uh, their mandate and their call to serve the community. Yet the community stands by and allows them to be robbed and hurt. And I think that's the great tragedy in our story. Yeah, no, I mean, that certainly is a tragedy. I mean, we, we, it's like we just buy standards and yet uh, tomorrow it could be either my parent or family member or friend or relative. And then, you know, how would I feel about that? And well, that's a question that we're putting out there. Another message says, bring the death penalty in and then shall dinge rechtkom. 
Well, once again, a very big shukran to our listeners for their participation uh, to the program this evening. Uh, shukran, I'm getting a, a, a beautiful MMS here. I'm not going to read the MMS. Uh, that comes from 6945. But shukran for sending us that particular message. Now, we've got a minute left uh, before we break for the Wakt of Isha, inshallah. And I'm going to ask Mr. Van Zayl very quickly, do you have any concluding comment or remark for me? Okay, firstly, I want to thank Mr. J.P. Smith and his department for making attempts to assist my staff and, in fact, all other EMS staff as well. And I want to thank the CPF for their participation in a project which I started in Mitchell's Plain and um, within the area we've seen a decrease of attacks on ambulance staff and we have built a relationship. That is why I encourage further participation with community through the CPF and neighborhood watch groups um, and wish to get more of our staff also involved. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the burning issue here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland. We've got about six minutes left, alhamdulillah, and uh, thankfully, uh, alhamdulillah, I was able to manage uh, to really keep in studio with us Jacob Van Zyl, the acting district manager for the Southern Division, and that is our topic, emergency medical service personnel and their safety. Then we still have two paramedics in studio with us, and that is Sean Moses and Abdul Martin. Uh, message just says to me, don't laugh. Yes, I do apologize. That uh, wasn't... Uh, anything uh, that was just in respect of the last previous comment that we received, alhamdulillah. I'm going to acknowledge a message from 5257. I'm not going to read that one. I'm going to check with uh, our producers to see um, how they can possibly assist in that regard. And let's get to back to Mr. Jacob Van Zyl very, very quickly. Thanks uh, for and shukran for staying with us. Now, I mean, we've looked at some of the challenges. We've looked at contingency plans. We've heard what the mayoral committee has had to say as as well as Rafik Fuflonker uh, of the Michel's Plain Community Police Board. Anything that you want to add to that, Mr. Van Zyl? I, I can just add to the comment of the imprisonment. Okay. The situation in Cape Town is exactly what it says, imprisonment. Basically means that in terms of the constitution, is that pe people, the citizens of Cape Town, does not enjoy the freedom of movement and the right to medical care because of the attacks on into earlier the ambulances and in fact uh, two weeks ago a person was shot right in front of the chairperson of the Human Rights Commission in Cape Town while we had a meeting in Hanover Park and I was then subsequently informed that the Human Rights Commission is mm. actually looking at this constitution now and is also going to challenge the government in terms of the constitution which appears to be not so constitutional at the present stage. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, my another message that came through here via the uh, what's not uh, it's an SMS from three zero double five. It says, "I am a paramedic, but so sad to think we have to work, but have to fear. Are we coming home safe after a twelve-hour shift? The bystanders just stand and watch. We cannot allow cameras in patient cabs due to pregnant patients, etc. All we want." 
is to be safe. Well, there we have it, and I think that also really just sums up, you know, the message of our paramedics and particularly our emergency medical service personnel. Uh, let's get the last comment very, very quickly from, from Sean. Sean, anything, uh, you know, that you want to uh, leave our listeners with this evening? Well, what I want to leave them with this, this evening is um, protect us. Um, keep us safe. We're there to assist you and your families. Um, the more you help us, we will help you even much better and to the best of our abilities. And not just to come into the areas and, and look around every corner and see who's coming around, especially when we drive in dark, dark lit, well, well, there's no street lights in the area, mm -hmm. in certain areas of Tafelsa. Um, but we don't have to, we don't have to be scared, but we would come in there, assist you, take you out and take you to the hospital and treat you to the best. Okay, well, thanks very much. That was Sean Moses, also a paramedic. Uh, Mr. Dulbarton, from your side, any last message uh, or words that you want to share with our listeners and our community out there as regards this particular very important issue? Yeah, just, uh, just two things. Um, the first thing is that if we do come into the area, by school, Jagum weg. Jagum weg, say, but I'm sorry, man, and that, you know, the moment one person stands up and in men say it, then uh, I, he's also going to realize that uh, he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. And secondly, in the red zones, if you have phone for an ambulance and we are on our way to you, Krema Ali Sakis and Ali Pella and Alazrich, Slat Osfir Sumakan Hospital to fight. Mm. I think that's not an important you thing, know. you know, I mean, uh, because that is also an issue around time, for example. Yeah, so you exactly. know you've called for the ambulance, you know that they're on their way. Yeah. There is this wait, for example, with regards to the police escorting and those kind of things. But if you get everything ready, yeah. by the time the ambulance gets there, Most of the time, as was there, because if we're there and you're in the ambulance, we've got all the equipment that we can treat you right there and we can take you to hospital. Mm -hmm. Instead of having to take everything into the house and see two things in the house which causes delays and then load you into an ambulance. You know, it's time consuming. Uh, you know, the longer we stay in an area, the more we're at risk in order to get robbed, assaulted, or even worse, get shot. Mm -hmm. Well, no shukran for that, and as you said, that is uh, Mr. Brother Abdul Martin. A very big shukran, and thank you to Sean Moses as well, uh, to the um, acting district manager, Mr. Jacob Van Zyl. As we said, uh, a lot of um, compliments going your way. Maybe just a quick question that came through that I've got here is, what is the protocol when emergency service workers are involved uh, in a crime and they are being assaulted? You know, what do they, do they follow the same procedure? What happens to them? Well, we offer them uh, managerial support mm -hmm. um, and also we, we report uh, all incidences to the South African police station for uh, for investigation. Okay, so they also have to, uh, like for example, go and report the matter and those kind of things? That's correct. Okay, another SMS says, Pillar won't help them when the spooker come. Well, once again, a very big shukran to our listeners for their participation and shukran also for putting a very light spin onto a very serious uh, topic this evening, alhamdulillah. Well, I want to say a very big shukran and thank you to Mr. Jacob Van Zyl. Everything of the best, you know, with your acting position as the district manager, okay? 
I just want to thank the the communities, those that are supporting us, Bayranke Shukaran. And uh, I also want to urge the listeners to save water. And we need to start a drive by getting the children off the streets, getting them back to the madrasas, back to the churches, so that we can kind of like change the situation. The thought of our community. Well, there you have it, Ms. Zegavanzel. A very big thank you and shukran to you and also for sharing those last few words of advice to our community. Once again, uh, Sean, thanks very much to you as well for your time. Uh, Mr. Azizid, Brother Abdul Martin, shukran to you and everything as you continue.